Hey there, welcome to the show. Yeah, here we go. It's Sunday and what do I have to talk about today? Well, I have a lot to talk about actually and there's never a shortage when you think about real estate. But more importantly, I have two great guests that are gonna be joining me shortly. First off is going to be Robert Hogue. He is RBC Royal Bank Senior Economist. We are going to be talking about interest rate, folks. Where is the Bank of Canada heading? You don't want to miss out on this. Um, you know what? We've got some great information we're going to be talking about, and it's going to be a real pleasure having him join me back on the show. And then later in the hour, you know, there's more than just residential real estate. That's why I'm going to be bringing on Mike Chesahovsky, and he is the Vice Chairman at CBRE Limited. Mike's joined me numerous times over the years, and we're going to be talking about industrial commercial real estate. Where is it heading? You know, you forget sometimes that the whole idea of the commercial and the land that gets purchased eventually turns into a lot of the residential real estate. But how does it get to that process? I'm going to talk about to Mike, find out where we should be going with all of this and what is happening also when we talk about the office industry. You know, where are the offices? Are they all vacant? Are people coming back? So Mike's going to weigh in on that. So it's going to be, uh, you know, a great group of guests that we've got this hour and really glad to have them on. Do want to talk to you about a few other things? Of course, I'll get to my rant shortly. Um, I do want to uh, make sure everybody knows, go to simpleinvestor.com. We've got our new release for 269000 and it is a one bedroom in London. You get your rent every single month. You never have to worry about a repair or dealing with a tenant completely hands off. So you don't want to miss out on that. Um, I do want to talk to you about something though that's important. I'm just throwing this out there. And for those of you that know about The Simple Investor, we are growing by the way. Um, it's been an incredible 13 years in the industry and we're hiring. Uh, we've got a brand new head office uh, that we're heading to in Burlington and we are going to be growing our staff. So if you have interest in, you know, working in, I would say the real estate investment field, you know, we are looking at administrators, we are looking for uh, people for our accounting departments, things like that. And uh, so real exciting stuff. So if you want to send in your resume, send it to info, I-N-F-O at thesimpleinvestor.com. And, uh, you know, our staff will get back to you because again, real exciting things that are going on with us. And uh, we are looking to increase the size of our team. So if it's something that you want to weigh in on, by all means, let us know and be happy to have a chat. But, you know, one of the things that we've been struggling with, and I know the frustration is hitting, you know, an epic level, especially when we see reports coming out saying 2022 is going to be no better for pricing. In fact, it's going to get worse. And when you're a buyer and you hear that most people are just rolling their eyes, you know, when we take a look at the fact that January 2022 prices went up 4% in one month in comparison to the year before overall, when you start seeing these numbers and you start thinking, okay, one month, you know, year over year, $50,000 more, these numbers are starting to get a little bit staggering. And I know a lot of people are hitting the wall. They're getting frustrated. Um, I don't have an answer for you. And the only thing I can tell you is, and, and, and this is an expression in real estate, you know, uh, drive until you can afford. And the fact is, is that the outer markets still have affordability around them. But a lot of people start thinking about lifestyle and how many, and, you know, how many hours do you want to spend in the car? Again, that's, that's, that's the toss up. That's where people, you know, what, what are you giving up to be able to have home ownership? 
it, it may come to a point where you make a decision where home ownership's not worth it. I'm not going to say real estate ownership's not going to be worth it, but home ownership, meaning where you reside. And so this is one of those things that, you know, for me as part of my rant is that we have to make, you know, things sensical. And when we take a look at the outer markets and when, when I refer to outer markets, most people know that I'm talking, you know, at least, uh, you know, 45 minutes to an hour out of the GTA. And so where does the GTA actually end? Because that's, that's where the starting point has to be. And I know so many people are struggling with that one. So, you know, when I take a look at the big picture, I'm talking, you know, basically if you take, if you take downtown Toronto, about an hour and a half uh, or depending on the traffic. So, you know, outer market could be Barrie, could be Peterborough. You know, we can talk in a little bit closer. You can talk uh, about Oshawa, Pickering. I, I got to tell you, I'm still a big fan of, of the Oshawa area. I've been talking about it for years. I always thought that you had good affordability there. We could talk about things like Niagara. We could talk about St. Catharines. You know, I was fortunate to, to have a couple of mayors on from both marketplaces uh, in the past. And I'm a big, big fan of those marketplaces. I still think the brick and mortar is undervalued in these places. So again, depending on your work status, a lot of people are taking a look at the idea, you know, with the hybrid programs in, you know, at the office two days a week, working from home three, if your, you know, job or, you know, your career allows it. So again, these are the kind of things that I think a lot of people have to weigh in on. But if you are dead set on owning in the downtown core, you know, numbers are going up average sale price right now of a one bedroom condo comes in at about $700,000. And when we are looking at some of the new stuff, we are going in excess of, you know, buying in around 850 to 900,000. And that means that we're getting much, much closer to that $1,500 a square foot price. So where does this end? And this is part of the problem it should have ended by now. We should have had more inventory. We need less development charges. And there's not a solution here that you and I can handle or deal with. We've got to push the other powers to be. And that's going to be a big point that we need to talk to the governing bodies, both municipal and provincial. They are the only ones that are going to be able to solve the housing issue, period, bar none. We've got a provincial election coming up and, you know, the commitments are already, you know, fly, you know, flying around. And I just, I want to caution everybody when you hear a commitment in excess of numbers. And when we take a look at the most recent one from our existing provincial government, 1.5 million homes in the next decade. Um, first and foremost, love to have the premier on the show anytime he can. And I just want to substantiate these numbers. I'm struggling so much when people throw false numbers. You know, I called the federal government out when they turned around and used the same number, and they said it's in Canada over the next 10 years. You know, we had all parties weighing in on this, and the numbers were just astronomical. And what people forget is that you can sit there and say, I'm going to issue this many building permits. Yes, I can issue it that much quicker. But if you can't have the supplies and the labor build it, then you're not going to have it. So, you know, this is the biggest thing. Right now, as we know, I would want any provincial government or any municipal government or for that matter, federal government to start encouraging either, you know, having the immigration of tradespeople or we turn around and we start creating an education system that's going to be good for the trades. Because we are now sitting on a 
incredible deficit when it comes down to trades. I don't know if you've been trying to get any renovations done, but you know, here at uh, at the Simple Investor, we actually focus on doing a lot of renovations in house. We've got a fairly large staff; we're able to do most of it ourselves. But I'll tell you, it's not easy. So I can just imagine that if you wanted to get your house renovated, that the you know the wait time right now, or the fact that your cost because you know, there's a premium now because there's not the same number of trades. We're struggling to get the inventory and the materials. So where are we going to go with this? And this is got to be part of the solution. So tell us all the numbers you want. Great. But that's not a solution. You have to show us what you're prepared to do. And, you know, I'm not trying to be, a, you know, a, a thorn in the government side, but I need reality here. And I want them to tell us you know, as consumers, how are you going to solve this? Telling us that you're going to build 1.5 million units in 10 years means nothing. Okay, you have to be able to build it. And if you can't build it, then why are you even telling us this number? So just to give you an idea, 150,000 units. Right now, if we're lucky in the GTA, we're completing between 40 to 50,000. And that's, that's maxed out. I mean, that's, that's the best that we can do right now. So where are we going to come up with 150 in a year? How do you add 100,000 more units being done and completed in a year where we can't barely get 50 done? And this is the problem, is that it's great you can make these, you know, like I say, kind of a false promise because you can't deliver. So the solution, in my opinion, is creating more trades if we want, you know, part of our immigration should be bringing in trades. And I think that that might help relieve the current situation because I know the frustration. I see it on the first time home buyers. They keep saying they're missing out an opportunity. They want to own and you have a right to own. Everybody should know that you should have a right to own. But ultimately in the end, if there is zero inventory coming out every single time that one unit gets listed, that one house gets listed, you get a hundred buyers pile onto it. You know what? This is why the prices are where they are. That is the biggest thing. And I just want everybody to realize that, you know what? The solution isn't just the red tape. And this is where we've got to watch these campaign promises. Doesn't matter if it's provincial, municipal, or federal, the campaign promise can't be just red tape. There's got to be more to that solution. Um, as I mentioned uh, before, uh, you know, we've got some great guests joining us. And if you do want to follow me, the simple investor one on Instagram, um, and you can go to our website, the uh, thesimpleinvestor.com. I mean, it's it's really that simple. We do have a release right now. It is exciting, and for people that do want to become a real estate investor, you know, we do make the world of real estate investment simple. You don't have to do anything. But most importantly, I still believe in real estate itself. I know the frustration level, as I said earlier, is you know at an incredible level. But you know what? You just persevere, do what you can. The outer markets are going to stay strong. You know we've got to watch our supply chains big time because that's going to create you know more and more pressure on the cost of building. So I think there's uh, a lot of things that we need uh, some resolution on. Don't forget the Bank of Canada, you know, they're sitting in the wings. They're having that little discussion saying, look, it's time for us to increase uh, interest rates. So instead of me talking about it, my guest joining me after the break is RBC, uh, Royal Bank Senior Economist, Robert Hogue. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
And welcome back. As I mentioned just before the break, my next guest joining me, senior economist at RBC Royal Bank of Canada, Robert Hogan. Robert, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me again. You know, a real pleasure. I uh, appreciate you spending some time with us. And, you know, a lot of hot topics going around in the world of real estate, a lot of, uh, a lot of headlines. And Robert, I was hoping that perhaps you would give us your take on it. A um, couple of things, obviously, that are going to be very important to our listeners. The biggest one is the fact that, you know, not a lot of good news right now for home buyers based on what the market looks like it's going to be for 2022. Could you uh, could you elaborate on that? Well, I mean, for, for especially those who are hoping that uh, prices will be uh, will come down and, and you know, home ownership become a lot more affordable. I think they're, they, they risk being you know, disappointed in 2022. Uh, right now, the market is so incredibly tight. I mean, I'm sure everyone has heard that you know, there's just no homes for sale out there, no inventories, and that's just not like a, a, a Toronto downtown story. It's not just a GTA story. It's, it's pretty much a Canada-wide story. And so if you're a buyer out there, um, you know, it's, uh, finding a home uh, to buy is difficult and when you do find one you're, you're you're generally competing very fiercely against other buyers so so and we don't see that changing in the coming months there might be some hopes by uh, the second half of this year things might start to to cool but probably not for reasons that buyers will cheer about uh, it'll be mainly because interest rates will be uh, will be higher will go up and in that uh, uh, may make uh, life um, you know, difficult for, for buyers uh, uh, facing higher mortgage uh, payments in the, in the future. Okay, so I'm glad you touched on that. So the Bank of Canada decided to hold back at the end of January with an increase in rate. Robert, I know that you follow this very carefully. You know, the next meeting, uh, I believe, is in March. They're looking at potentially putting an increase to the uh, Bank of Canada rate, which, again, will have an effect on our variable rate mortgages. We've seen a little bit of upward pressure on our fixed rate mortgages due to the bond market. What do you see uh, or what should people be anticipating for 2022 when we start talking about interest rates on mortgages? Yes, I mean, as, as you pointed, the Bank of Canada has been probably as clear as it can as far as signaling uh, that uh, it's overnight rate. So, so the, the policy rate uh, of the Bank of Canada is going to go up. And in our view, it's going to start uh, going up uh, next month uh, at its uh, next meeting uh, in, in early March. And then uh, it would be followed up by other uh, rate hikes uh, uh, through the rest of the, the, this year and into 2023 as well. So not only we're expecting the Bank of Canada to start raising uh, interest rate, but it will rise raise rates quite materially. Now, uh, we, we do expect uh, for this year will be uh, four rate hikes of a quarter of 1%. So basically in total, a full one percentage point increase in 2022, and then another 50 basis points, another two rate hikes of a quarter of 1% in 2023. Uh, so by the middle of next year, we might, well, if our forecast is, is right, might be looking at uh, interest rates that are, are uh, uh, a full percentage and a half higher where they are today from uh, the, um, uh, on the overnight uh, rate of the, the Bank of Canada. So I'm pretty sure you've just scared most of our listeners, um, you know, because I think people get adjusted 
to a low interest rate uh, time. And for the last couple of years, this is what people have been able to get used to. So I think I think the idea of a point and a half over the next, let's say, two years, for a lot of people, that's going to scare them a little. But I do I do have a question for you. You know, we've got um, some issues, obviously, right now with supply chain. And there's been some conversation that um, through other economists that have mentioned that perhaps they're not sure 100% if March, if we don't you know, solve these issues, if March is the ideal time to put some pressure on the interest rates. If, is that a possibility? Do you think that there's anything that will stop the Bank of Canada from raising four times in 2022? Is it something that, you know, are they going to, you know, set it and then see the reaction? Or is it pretty much contemplated this is what we need to do? Well, I mean, there, there's uh, obviously in uh, in economics, I mean, there's no no 100% certainty about you know any kind of a call of, of about the future. Uh, now that being said, I think it's it's pretty uh, clear that at least as far as you know, what the bank have, uh, have said that it's going to move, if not in you know in March, maybe in April, but you know the odds are it's going to be in, in March. Now, uh, whether it's going to go the whole 100. You know, 50 basis point a full of percentages and a half over the next you know, uh, 12 to 18 months, I mean, remains to be seen. Uh, and uh, so likely the Bank of Canada may want to be you know, uh, very prudent uh, through this, this hiking cycle. But, but just, just, just to highlight here that you know, at the end, of, you know, by the middle of, of 2023, at, uh, with a, uh, an overnight bank rate at uh, a, a percentage and three quarters, would be back to where it was pre-COVID. So, so this is not a a, a call on interest rates that is going to go, you no, know, you know, start to shoot up and and then uh, reach you no, know, uh, you know, uh, high levels. I mean, we're just back. That would be just back to where it was pre-COVID. So, we, we have to keep this this in mind. Can there could there be some factors out there that may uh, delay the bank of uh, from from uh, moving or uh, uh, make it uh, go a lot more slowly in its uh, over its rate high cycle. Absolutely. I mean, there's you know, all, at the end of the day, the Bank of Canada's mandate is to um, uh, to uh, have a stable inflation in, in our economy. And if there are some factors that it thinks that may uh, uh, you know uh, intervene in its in its uh, uh, in its uh, in its policy of something like uh, another you know, recession or some some kind of you know, major uh, faltering of, of, of our economy, then it it could uh, you know decide to uh, you know to, to go slow or, or to to put you know, the the rate hikes on on ice. So there are some some factors out there for sure, but but really uh, you know, it's it, it, it is uh, important to keep in mind that uh, you know inflation has gone up and, and it's probably going to be a lot more persistent uh, than uh, we thought just a few months ago and so this these are the conditions uh, for the Bank of Canada to, to make a move here so taking a look at the market across Canada um, you know Toronto has always been very competitive with Vancouver when we talk about the sport leagues <laughs> but at this time Toronto beats Vancouver for the most expensive real estate market in Canada I'm not necessarily you know thinking that that is positive uh, at this time you know we sometimes you don't want to be the most expensive market can you talk about that for us yeah, I, I agree. This is not something to to, to brag about here. Uh, 
but but clearly, especially over last, I would say five to six months, um, you know, the, the GTA market has been absolutely on 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 fire here. Uh, uh, there's just no uh, no inventories out there. There's lots of buyers, and there you know there's bidding wars everywhere. And uh, so that generated you know, significant uh, price increases. And then, you know, just to give you an example, in January alone, uh, the uh, MLS Home Price Index, which is kind of a, a benchmark of uh, the various uh, types of homes in, in the region, went up 4%, more than 4% in one month. Uh, so this is clearly a market that has you know, tremendous heat uh, now the Vancouver market is hot as well, but not to the same degree. Uh, the kind of price increases in that market has been have, have uh, has been strong, but not uh, nowhere as strong as in in Toronto, especially over the last five six months. So uh, those uh, it meant that the price levels in in Toronto, from a benchmark perspective, has has uh, completely converged and even slightly surpassed. Uh, the benchmark in in Vancouver, and this is obviously to uh, the chagrin of 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 uh, home buyers, especially first time home buyers who uh, now are are big. It's becoming much more difficult for them to enter the market. Yeah, well, listen, uh, Robert, I'd like to thank you for joining us uh, today. It's great to to hear from you and get your perspective on things. Robert Hogue, senior economist, RBC Royal Bank of Canada. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And coming up after the break, I've got Mike Chesahoski joining me from CBRE Limited Land Service Group, and he is the vice chairman and definitely a returning guest. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Um, you know, it was great having uh, Robert Hogue uh, from uh, RBC uh, Royal Bank join me. You know, he is the... Uh, the senior economist there, and you gotta you gotta listen to these uh, people, folks. You know, the one thing that they do is they make sure that they study the numbers, they know where the math is, and most importantly, they have uh, kind of that inside track on the uh, Bank of Canada. So we do need to take notice. As much as none of us want interest rates to go up, it is a good thing. It'll be a good thing for the economy, good thing for real estate. And uh, let's keep our eye on that. But speaking of keeping our eye on real estate, you know, my next guest, he's no stranger to the show. You know, I get to have him on every so many months and it's really important. Um, he is vice chairman at CBRE Limited Land Service Group. And it is Mike Jesofsky. And Mike, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Always great to have you on the show. And uh, we haven't talked in a little while. So I do want to kind of get your rundown on, you know, industrial commercial for 2021. How did the year finish out? It was tremendous, Todd. You know, it certainly we're sitting at the lowest vacancy rates on industrial that we've ever seen. Um, that's been tremendous strength uh, for that side of the, the business. Uh, single family residential and condo have been great. And office and retail have been very steady. We haven't seen a huge movement one way or the other. They've held that. Uh, but certainly on the COVID side, uh, it's helped two things, out of town, single family and industrial. 
let's talk about uh, kind of each segment of the market because they are very unique. You know, when, when people hear about a hot real estate market, most people naturally equate that to the residential market because they're the ones that are living it day by day. Let's go to the uh, industrial part of it, Mike, because, you know, maybe you can shed some light for our listeners. Why is industrial getting so hot? Because people like me are learning to shop online, Todd. <laughs> you know, and I never did. I can tell you before COVID, I never did. I always preferred to go to the store, but I, I really believe the logistics behind online shopping, the people that supply them have taken off. And these are huge logistics requirements that take up big, big space. So, you know, that's, that's not changing anytime soon. So, you know, Mike, when you, when, when you mention logistics, you know, I think in the natural, you know, inclination for people is they start talking about places like Amazon. But you, you did bring up a good point, you know, the idea of, you know, shopping online and, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm guilty of it. Uh, I really don't even think I've probably stepped foot in a store in about a year, but I, you know, I do plenty of shopping online, got through Christmas without having to go to a store. So when you think about it, though, I would imagine that there's a lot of corporations that are looking at this saying, hey, we don't have to man all these stores if we can put our online presence stronger are, are you seeing that in the industry uh, certainly uh on on the big box side we'll see what happens and how much space they really require uh but on the convenience shopping the groceries the shoppers drug marts the gas stations they still seem to be very active looking for space so i think on that side of it we still see tremendous growth What's going to happen to some of this big box? It's hard to say, but the space is still being taken. Uh, I think there are people that still want to go in and, and into the stores for themselves. So uh, there'll be a healthy balance. The one thing we know about retail, it will come back even stronger. Let's let's you know staying on the same idea of the industrial and we you know talking about logistics and warehousing and things like that. Um, one of the things I do notice you know in the industry is that we're seeing some of the outer markets. We're watching more and more construction of of these storage facilities. You know where people can work with the logistics. You know I um, as a simple investor we own properties all over Ontario and some of these smaller towns they seem all of a sudden you know you see a hundred thousand you know two hundred thousand square foot warehouse being put up. You know, we see it. We see it out of London. We see it out of Brockville. We see it out of Peterborough. We see these areas that seem to have this uptick. Now, is this just from a logistics standpoint? Is or, I mean, it seems like it's also going to help the employment in some of these smaller towns. Definitely, definitely. I, I think these logistics warehouse uh, users are are going to service that area, and they see the growth in these areas. And we were talking just before we came on. You know, we've seen tremendous activity on development lands for single family in these areas outside the GTA. Peterborough's, the Lindsay's, you know, Barrie and North of Barrie, Guelph, Kitchener, London have all seen tremendous uptick on the residential side with people buying homes there. Well, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, uptick on building, you know, recently provincial government came out. And, and, you know, you and I talked about this, um, and, and, and I'm sorry, I have to laugh at this. You and I talk about this during every election, and we've been, we've been online together for, for a few years now, and we watch a few elections sail by, and the commitment out of some of these parties. And this, this past week, provincial government said, look, they, they want to put together a plan to build, 
you know, 1.5 million residents here in Ontario over the next decade. Um, Mike, you know, I, I look at that as an impossibility. We don't have the, the, first and foremost, we don't have the trades to build it. Why is it that these politicians keep, you know, throwing pie in the sky when we can't deliver it? I mean, obviously there's the, the, the desire, there's the need for it, but how do we, how do we actually deal with this? You know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, it's the trades. I think if we go to these outer locations, the land is there. And a lot of these municipalities will fast track land to get it through the development process. I think we need trades and that, that I look to our federal government to be strategic as to go and do what they, they should be doing is attracting those trades to come into our country from all over the world. You know, we were desperately in need of these skilled trades. So we need our federal government to do something about it. You know, we, t- we talk about the federal government, but we've got right now we're listening to the provincial government making some commitments. I'm not sure if they've got federal government backing, but, you know, we, we've got an issue here. And the current situation with the residential real estate is, you know, just absolutely no inventory. And we are now pushing really hard in the price point. Uh, just before I had you on, I had the uh, senior economist at RBC join me. And, you know, big big thing is, is that we're going to see a huge, you know, um, I guess, supply gap in 2022. We just don't have the supply. So I know you work with a lot of the developers. And, you know, obviously, red tape has been one of the things that have handcuffed them over the years. Even if we get through that red tape, there's still not a solution of the build. And at the same time, you know, how many can we build? So, you know, I asked, I've asked you this numerous times, where is the solution and how do we get control so that, you know, your typical first time home buyer actually has an opportunity to buy something affordable? Well, I, I think we, it's the trades and we keep on coming back to it. it it's the red tape is getting, you know, land through the process quicker. But today there's a lot of builders that'll tell you that they're hesitant to pre-sell homes and condos too far ahead because they're concerned about the increase in construction costs. So I I think a big part of that is the supply chain uh, for a lot of that. And that I think will solve itself as COVID lifts up, that supply chain will come back. A lot of it is in the trades and government policies. What a lot of people don't know is the amount of taxes that they pay and interest charges they pay when they buy their new home that is government done that you know on a million dollar new house in the suburbs i bet you 25 percent of it is in taxes plus interest uh in the delays in the red tape so you know if you want that million dollar townhouse for seven hundred thousand, we have to get these issues solved yeah, I think that's a pretty tall order, Mike. I'm not sure you and I can get it figured out this hour, but I'm pretty sure, you know what, maybe on the uh, on the next segment when we come back. Uh, uh, we'll... They should just put us in charge. That's it. Just, put us in, just, just give me six months. That's it. You know what? Tell you what, I, I, I want to talk more to you, so we're going to go to a quick break. Folks, when we come back, I've got Mike Chesahovsky joining me. He is the vice chairman at CBRE Limited. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. 
And welcome back. As I mentioned just before the break, I've got Mike Chesahoski with me, and we were just talking about what is going on in the market. And Mike is the vice chairman at CBRE Limited Land Services, and he's been uh, been joining me for years now on the show. And Mike, just before the break, you and I were talking about the outer markets, and of course, we talk about inventory here all the time. Um, I do want to talk to you about something, though, that seems to be making some noise in the news and it's the office vacancy rate. Um, I understand that Toronto, it actually fell in the last quarter of the year. You know, we've been wondering when that was going to change up, but apparently vacancy rates uh, did go down uh, at the end of the year. Um, I do think companies are realizing that the efficiencies are there to get their employees back into the office, whether it's full-time or some form of hybrid. And a lot of companies are looking at more space because they need to space people a little bit more, more collaboration space. Todd, I'm a big proponent that we're going to be back in the office one way or another, maybe not full time, but I think a lot of us want to be back in the office because the efficiencies are there. The collaboration is there. We miss our fellow employees. Uh, you know, I, I think it, the recovery is, is coming. Yeah, and I hope so. I hope I hope that once we can get through all the mandates and everything that we kind of get on the other side of this. And I'm never going to say it's going to be business as usual because I don't think it will be. But what I think is the new version of it, you know, we should make it sustainable and make sure that we've got everybody, you know, working at everybody's best comfort and efficiency. So I think that's going to be important. But, you know, one note, though, um, the downtown offices vacancies in Calgary actually uh, jumped to more than 30%. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd have to ask the question, you know, it seems like Calgary uh, residential real estate seems to start showing some life now. I think people see the affordability there. What's going on in their office markets? Can't say I'm an expert in Calgary, but, you know, they are one of the markets that have gone up and down with the oil industry and uh, they have fluctuations. But I do believe a lot of these markets like Calgary are getting large enough and diversified enough that we're going to see more stability in the office market. It's true. There's a lot of affordability there. And I think a lot of companies will look at that as an opportunity. But I do believe a lot of our Canadian markets that were a little bit more up and down, we'll see a lot more stability as we go forward. Well, you know, and this is the thing. The one thing that we're watching in Toronto here is that... Um, it's actually beating out every other city in the entire continent for growing high-tech job market. I mean, that seems pretty staggering when you think about the entire continent that, you know, Toronto is the leader. What's the big attraction? People. People. It's, it's we, we have the people that they want. Uh, we have a great education system. We have great universities that are churning out young people that are highly skilled that want to stay in the GTA and want to live downtown. So I think those people know to get those people, they need to be here. And they're coming to where their staff is. You know, and, and as, as you've spoken, you know, numerous times here on the show, you know, we're watching people put up the new towers. Again, there's always that time frame. you know, as much as we'd love to see them come up quicker. Uh, real estate right now in the downtown core, you know, we're fast approaching that $1,500 a square foot for new built condos. Um, when you're talking to the developers, 
you know, where do they actually see this market going? Are we going to eventually hit that $2,000 a square foot? Well, well certainly in, in our higher end condos, we're there, if not past. You know, I think every time we second guess ourselves and say that we won't jump uh, any further on pricing, that we've hit a level that is unaffordable, it continues to increase and we, we break through the ceiling. So it's very difficult to say where that affordability is and whether or not incomes will keep up to it. But we are a global city now, Todd. We're one of the top cities in the world for business. And it's, it's, we're, we're certainly there in terms of the prices that are increasing. So I can tell you that a lot of developers are performing that the prices will continue to increase. So I'm, I, I'm gonna put you on the spot here and don't worry, you, you, you won't get fired because of it. Um, if you were to have a wish list right now and the premier is listening to the show as I'm pretty sure he does regularly to you know get caught up on what he should be doing with real estate, uh, Mike, what would be your wish list to be able to move everything along? Where do we need to be to solve some of these situations? Not just from a residential perspective, but obviously we've got to you know, start considering the industrial aspect of things. Uh, the difficulty with getting things approved is nimbyism. A lot of people live in areas where density should increase along transit lines, along major thoroughfares and they object to it and the local municipal politicians or even the provincial politicians will do what they can to, to push it back. I do think we need to streamline this development approval process and take it out of the hands of people that maybe aren't qualified to make a judgment on what's for the greater good and what makes sense from the development standpoint and who are concerned about what their people that are voting for them really want, whether or not they really want adequate development and a development that makes sense. So let's take this to the experts and let them decide on what good development, proper development is, and let them push it through. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, if, if we're really tr going to be able to solve this in the next decade, I don't think so. And my, my biggest concern is when we'll actually get some kind of traction because you know not only are we looking into the residential market being you know you know so much lack of of inventory but as we start to open up the country more we're going to have a lot larger population coming in you know we could easily have 450,000 people immigrate here into Canada this year alone and if that's the case you know a good number of them land in the GTA I, I still fear the problem is, is that we're going to have too much pressure, you know, obviously on housing inventory, but also the, the rental market. Mike, where's the solution there? Because you know what? I, I don't see a whole lot of programs that, are, you know, they say they're encouraging builders to build rentals, but they definitely are not doing it. I think our builders, our developers, institutional and private would like to build rentals. Just the costs have run up so much on the construction side of it. The rents have not kept up to that level. So, you know, I, I think until we do something about one of the, either the rents have to increase or the, uh, uh, the s situation with the cost of construction has to change, we're gonna be stuck. I would like to see some big employers, including our federal and provincial governments move jobs, you know, into some of the smaller municipalities where it's more affordable to buy homes and more affordable to build. 
So there's no reason why we can't take some of the provincial space outside of the GTA into areas like London and Barrie and Peterborough in places where the employees can go and buy homes that much more affordable uh, than being in the down, in downtown core. You know, yeah. the downtown core is very vibrant. You know, if we move some of that space into the smaller areas, I think the employees are gonna be that much happier and it's gonna be that much more affordable for them. It'll take some of the pressure off of Toronto. Well, listen, Mike, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining me today and catching up. Thank you for having me. So that was Mike Chesahovsky, and he is the vice chairman at CBRE Limited Land Service Group. Um, he's been a he's been a guest with me many many times over the years. Always great to catch up. And you know, this is the thing: a lot of people think about real estate, but they forget the other aspect of it. You know, you see a big tower, and you don't really consider it real estate. But so many people are invested in it, and you know, you got to think about a lot of the REITs. A lot of the REITs own some of the big towers. And so it is definitely an avenue of real estate and watching all the markets, you know, on fire. That's uh, pretty incredible. So um, I do want to thank uh, my other guest again, Robert Hogue, and he is RBC Royal Bank Senior Economist. Uh, wonderful to have him on the show. And uh, I do want to thank Ian Grant. He does keep it simple for me every single week. And hey, by the way, don't forget, you can follow me on um, Instagram, the Simple Investor one or you can reach me at thesimpleinvestor.com. And uh, by the way, thanks for making us the number one real estate talk show. And I will be back next Sunday as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.